0: Waiting for you and the power you possess
1: in your satin tight, fighting for your rights
0: you are listening to the Wonder women of aviation a podcast that helps preserve the history of women in aviation and highlights women involved in aviation each episode we meet with women both in and out of the cockpit to talk about their passions experiences, the history of aviation, and how they make an impact. So strap in and hang on tight as we soar through the skies with these wonder women of aviation. The The following podcast is presented for entertainment purposes and should not be
1: used as flight instruction. The comments, opinions, and discussions provided by guests are their own. Please consult your own CFI for flight instruction, knowledge, and AC person.
2: I guess the slogan, be fit, be strong, fly like a girl, which I absolutely love. I want to talk more about the training process from Mm -hmm. prep time to show time. Um, Being an air show wife myself, I Mm -hmm. see how much planning is truly involved um, before a show, throughout the season. So Mm -hmm. I want to start with a physical aspect. I know G's can be taxing on the body. Mm -hmm. So what do you do to stay fit throughout your entire season? Well, that goes, okay, so let me answer your
1: first question. So be fit, be strong, fly like a girl. Most of my life I have been a gym rat. I've been lifting weights way before it was fashionable for girls to do that because I I just enjoyed the physical activity. I've always been an outdoors person. So joining a gym, I wanted to improve my upper body strength because I remember very long, long ago learning that women aren't born with upper body strength like men are. My, oh, our no. strength is usually from our waist down, strong legs, strong abdomen. And I thought, well, I want to I wanna have strong arms as well. So I had been a gym rat and been going to the gym a lot. And, oh, t- close to 20 years ago, I was attending, I was using a gym, and I bought a T-shirt in their little shop, and it said, Be fit, be fit, be strong. Oh, how did it go? Be fit, be strong be a girl that's what it was be fit be okay. strong be a girl so i bought that t-shirt and i i i remember one day i thought i'm i like that slogan i thought that was pretty cool and all of a sudden one day i came up with be fit be strong fly like a girl and i thought well, that's pretty cool and i so i had a couple t-shirts made with that slogan on it and i thought it kind of it just kind of really struck a chord with me it's uh, because flying aerobatics You have to be fit and you have to be strong. And I thought, well, this is the perfect segue into what I do as a girl. You can't go out and fly aerobatics and not be fit and not be strong. It's just physically impossible. So I thought, what a better way to encourage women to not only fly but to maintain a good body weight, be strong, eat well, be fit. And if you can do those two things or three things, then you can fly aerobatics like I do. You can't fly aerobatics if you're not fit and strong. So that goes right into, you ask about the training and the getting prepared for airships. The physical flying is about 10 minutes long. But when I throw the airplane around and do a tumble and I pull eight Gs, that airplane weighs 2,000 pounds on the ground times eight is 16,000 pounds. At any given moment, if I pull or push, I'm going to pull eight Gs. So for a, a second or two, I need the strength to move that much weight through the sky. And I have to do it over and over and over again for 10 minutes. So it takes body, it takes upper body strength. It takes arm strength. And in order to to withstand the Gs, your body has to be really, really fit. You can't take a weak body and sustain that. It just isn't possible. So in order to be able to fly well not only do you have to have the upper body strength but now you have to teach your body to sustain the g's both positive and negative negative. and that's literally just pulling and pushing until your body is prepared to handle you start with 2g's and then you work on 3g's and then you work on 4g's and you do it i used when i first started it took me about 2 weeks to get my g, g tolerance from from 1 g up to about six or seven or eight positive. And that just literally wow. go out and I pull and I push and I pull and I push. I'm not necessarily doing a routine, but I'm doing mm-hmm. maneuvers where I pull and then I straighten the airplane. I pull again. I just do it over and over and over until my body can at, react exactly the same at two Gs or eight Gs. <clears throat> the same with negative. You roll inverted and you push and you pull. And you're actually training your body to get used to this this negative and positive g force that you're putting on your body. You have to learn mm-hmm. to breathe properly and you have to learn the the tightening of the muscles and the best way to do that is number 1 is lift weights. If you've ever watched a competition or watched any big guy do a deadlift, and he reaches mm-hmm. down and he grabs and he grunts like he lets out this incredibly guttural sound. He's tightening his, his diaphragm muscles, and that gives you the strength to actually lift the weight. So when you are pulling and pushing, G's, I'm doing the same thing. I'm grunting and groaning to tighten those, those diaphragm muscles to allow me the extra – that gives you the strength to withstand the force on your body. Oh, so, I never thought of it like that because I'm lift, a
2: big gym rep. Okay.
1: So. Weight <laughs> as opposed to cardio. You can run 26 miles a day, and not have the strength to withstand the G's if you can't deadlift and and lift weights, because you have to learn that grunting, that tightening of the muscles back, up and down, up, back and forth, and over and over and over. And that's where your strength comes from. The cardio is great for physiology, for having the ability to continue a lifestyle like that. You know, your body, your heart has to be strong. And your whole body has to be strong. But the actual strength comes from weightlifting. So I would bet that there are very few aerobatic pilots out there that don't have some sort of a routine of lifting weights. So I've been lifting weights for 40 years. Often, I don't have huge muscles, but you don't need huge muscles. You need repetition, not big, big, huge amounts of weight. You just need the repetition. And that gives you the strength to grunt and tighten up and, and move a 2,000-pound airplane through the sky for 10 minutes. Wow. So once, once you are physically conditioned to do that, if you take on a life of airshow flying, I'm a crew of one, so I do it all. I plan it. I organize it. I get there. I fly it. I clean the airplane. I fly it home. So not everybody is like that. A lot of people have crew, but... Um, most of us are doing most of the work ourselves. So I'm kind of like the the chief cook and bottle washer. If if I want to fly somebody's show, i got to call them, sell myself, and then and then follow through and show up and fly the air show. So there's a whole lot of downtime that's involved in planning and flying an air show. It's, it's a full-time business for me. It has been for 19 years. Oh, wow.
2: Yeah, I like I,
1: can, I, I tell people, relate. well, I tell people the flying only takes 10 minutes, and you're at an air show for three or four days. There's a whole lot of work outside of the 10 minutes of flying every day. That's the crux of the matter. <clears throat> that's where the work is done.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, you know, with Patrick and myself, we're just year round with mm-hmm. the media and the training. It's just, mm-hmm. it's just, a, it is a lot of work. Um, it is a lot of work.
1: And any, any good endeavor is going to require, any good successful endeavor is going to require require constant attention, constant work. You, you just, it, well, I tell people it's my day job. So, so they want to know how often I fly. Well, it's my day job. I go to work every day that the weather is not, that, that there is no rain. So if I'm going to be good at my day job, I need to go there every day. I need to practice and train every day that I can. You wouldn't have a day job where you only showed up once a week and, and right. were able to get the work done. Most of us have to do it pretty, pretty often and regularly. So I go to work Monday through Friday if I can. <clears throat> if I can't fly, I'm at home at my computer working on paperwork or you know sending out media stuff or conversing with potential air shows that I you know hopefully um, get hired to fly. So when I'm not flying. I'm busy doing all the other paperwork, as you yeah. both probably know.
2: Oh, we do. We don't. I mean, we have to try to get as much practice as we can. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. we live in Chicago, so it's yes. a little bit challenging. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, he does. He does find ways. He does a lot of VR stuff. Um, yeah. Not and and he, has,
1: he has a full-time job, so. I, and I, I, yeah, I don't have that extra full-time job. The flying for me is my full-time job. So I have one, one less thing pulling at me than Patrick might have.
2: With I guess with the physical comes the mindset. I know aerobatics mm-hmm. is a serious business. And, I mean, I've seen it myself. Sometimes I do have to step away from Pat and give him that moment. So I just want to talk about how you get in the right mindset, um, you know, right before you go mm-hmm. up in the air. And what, what are some of the rituals that you have?
1: Well, I don't have anything that's terribly different from any other airshow pilot, and one of the most important things that a very safe, conscientious airshow pilot is going to do is is going to get in the zone. Meaning, we understand if, if we do this for a living, we probably understand the risks. There aren't too many airshow pilots out there that don't really understand the risks, but everything has risks. So, the very successful airshow pilot is going to look at the risk understand the risk, do everything in their in their power to mitigate as much of that risk as possible. So that requires planning. It requires getting in the zone and literally like I said, we're going to fly for 10 minutes a day. So I usually spend the morning before an airshow flight, I first thing I do other than going to the briefing, I get out to the airport and I'm going to make sure the airplane is is in as perfect condition as I can make it. For my flight, then I start mentally getting ready for doing what I'm going to do, and that means sitting in my car, maybe not talking to anybody, but literally focusing on every single second of my airshow routine. I walk through it, I walk through it in my mind, I think about it, I look at the, I get out of the car and I look at the environment and I look where the trees are, if there are any trees, I look at where the mountains are, if there are any mountains, or I look, I look at the surrounding area because that's my buffer zone. If something should go wrong, I need to know where's the best place to go if this breaks, where's the best place to go if this happens. So once I figure that out and get that in my head and I I close my eyes and I imagine myself flying and I think, okay, if the engine quits right here, where's the runway, where's the field, where are the mountains, what what is here and what is there? So for that hour or two, I'm mentally going, drawing a picture in my mind of what it's going to be like for that 10 minutes I'm flying. And for about 30 minutes prior to the flight, I talk to no one. I get my head in the game. I don't think about family. I don't think about bills that I have to pay. I, put, I have to put all that aside. The only thing I can think about for 30 minutes prior is every moment of that 10 minutes because that's the best way I can mitigate any Um, external forces that should happen to descend upon me in that 10 minutes. And if I walk through it and I plan it, it's kind of like visualizing the perfect golf swing or the perfect tennis swing. If you can visualize it and walk through it in your mind, chances are you're going to get in the airplane and go out and do exactly what you visualized. That's why we do it. The visualization helps you reenact what your brain is going to tell you to do. So it's a very, very... Small amount of quiet time, but that's about what it takes to get in the zone. About an hour or 30 minutes prior to, you walk through it in your head. Get in the airplane, go do it. Get down. All is good. Now you can socialize and play and party all day, all day long. The 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 work is done. <clears throat> the hard work is done. So that's, it's a the, real uh, ritual we do.
2: It, it truly is, and mm-hmm. I, you know, one of the things I was going to say, it's definitely taxing on. Your body, your mind, um, mm-hmm. I know yes. when, you know, after Chicks done flying, he's just like, he's so exhausted. You're just wiped out. You're again, The, the yeah. amount of focus that it takes
1: to focus every second of that 10 minutes, I mean, that's a tremendous exercise. The focus, we are emotionally spent and physically tired because, like I said, throwing a big heavy airplane around the sky takes some strength. So once we finish it, I'm out of breath. I'm tired. You know, Running and it takes me about ten fifteen minutes before I feel like my body's back to normal, and and all is good. And I you know I, I one of the first things I do after I'm done flying is go back in my head and say how I did. You know I got to debrief me how I did. What did I do right? What did I do wrong? And, because the next chance I get to fix some of those wrong things not necessarily not so much wrong but just I didn't do what I maybe visualized, and so what made me do it. How can I make that different the next day? So I do a quick debrief, and then I go do the crowd thing and talk to people and inspire other people and do it all over again the next day. But it's a very exhaustive process because it takes every ounce of your brain and your body to make it all work and and have a successful outcome, which is what we all want.
2: Oh, yeah. And I love that, you know, you mentioned you... You fly I and mean, then you talk to people, you encourage them to fly, right. um, get kids excited about air shows. Um, mm-hmm. What do you specifically do to kind of get them excited about it? You- well, you know, it's once,
1: once I've flown and, and like right after I fly, I get the airplane ready for the next day. But then I jump out and, and go interact with the crowd. And once, I have, once they, they have now seen me fly, and a lot of people, if they didn't see me get in the airplane, they didn't realize until they announced to start speaking that it was a girl. So now that they've seen a girl fly, and I'm walking through the crowd, and they go, that was you? And they touch me, and they shake my hand, or they want an autograph, or they're talking to me, and they're just so excited that you just did that, and now you're talking to me. It's It's inspiring for them to actually see that I'm just another human being, just like they are. I'm sweaty. My hair is a mess. I don't have any lipstick on. So now all of a sudden, I'm just as mortal as they are just prior to that they saw me do this wild crazy thing and they think to themselves wow if she can do it why couldn't i and and here you are talking to me you're about you look normal you look like me why couldn't i do that and so that's what i tell them i said i just did that you could too and it's quite an eye-opening thing for people to actually touch me and see me and talk to me and go wow that was really cool you just did that i said i just did that
2: so can you? I think it's just so inspiring and amazing. I've seen it firsthand. You know, kids, it's kind of like they're starstruck, which is they, pretty they amazing. Are. Well,
1: you watch. You know, some people watch that. And they've never done anything very exciting in their life, and after watching it, whatever it is they were thinking while they were watching it, the the mess gets dispelled when I'm standing there in the flesh, and I'm I'm not, I don't have a superwoman costume on like you might, and but I I. I I'm just like, all of a sudden, I'm just like them. And that realization is what really hits people. And it's that realization that you are just like me, but for that 10 minutes, you just did this wild and crazy thing. Well, if you can do it, I can too. Oh,
2: yeah, absolutely. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you for encouraging our youth and being so inspirational. <laughs> That's amazing. That That is the best part is that you you can look
1: at their face and the light goes on. It's like, Wow. You're just like me. You're not some wild and, you know, winged creature that descended from the heavens. You're just as human as I am. And if you can do it, wow, maybe I could too. Or maybe I could do whatever it is that I want to do. It might not be flying, but if I can go do what I just did at my old tender age, there's no reason why you can't do what you want to do. And that inspires them. Once they realize that I'm just as human as they are. That's the part that's inspiring. And I'm a girl. And some, a lot of women, it takes that for them to that extra push. It's like, you're a girl and you can do this? Well, okay, there is. what is there that women can't do? Well, I don't know that there's anything women can't do. If they work hard. <laughs> we can hard do anything. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's something,
2: but it might only be because yes. you didn't work hard enough. It does take hard work, dedication, yeah. and focus. So if you weren't an air show pilot, what would you see yourself doing?
1: Oh, my. Um, Well, when I was younger, when I was still in high school, I thought I wanted to be a doctor, only because I I hadn't fully embraced the idea that I could fly if I wanted to, and it was still kind of in the background. And I wanted to be a doctor, and, of course, because I didn't go to college, I didn't become a doctor, I don't know what I'd be doing if I – it's hard to even look back on – when I was working two and three jobs because all I wanted to do was fly, I don't think there was anything else I considered doing. My whole, every ounce of my being was how many more hours can I work and how much flight time will that buy? I didn't give any thought to doing something else. So to be honest with you, I'm not sure, I, I don't even, I can't even imagine myself doing something else. I'm, I've I've grown so accustomed to believing that if I wanted to do something, I could, and what I wanted to do all my life was fly, and I get to fly and I don't want to do anything else.
2: Oh wow. <laughs> it's always been in your heart. <laughs> it's been in my
1: heart for so long and I've had so many so many accomplishments and I've had so much success doing what I wanted to do. I now know that no matter what I want to do, if it comes if it has flying in it, there's isn't anything I couldn't do. There's there's lots of different kinds of flying, but now that I know it's possible, I can't imagine doing anything but flying. Wow! Really? So there <laughs> it's you strange as that <laughs> seems.
0: You're that's born to fly. and that, well, that's
1: what happens when you when you discover that you can be successful. And sure, there's lots of failures in there, but with the only thing that really matters is the success. And the more you have success, the more you realize that that's all I want to I I want to do this so badly I'm not going to do anything else because I know that it's possible because I have success I don't I don't I don't have a plan B I don't have a, a fallback to do because it doesn't occur to me that I can't do the flying that I want to do and that's a that's a very strong straight statement it, yeah. it it's it, it's I am so convinced of my ability to do whatever I want to do, that it doesn't occur to me to have a plan B. I'm all in, and as long as I'm healthy and can do what I do, there's there's no flying that I couldn't possibly do.
2: True words of an aviator. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's my passion.
2: That That's, um, in my mind, that's the
1: definition of passion.
2: Uh, before I let you go, and I definitely uh-huh. want you to uh, be able to pitch your sponsors. I know this can be a very common... Um, it's not a hobby, but profession. Well, it, it's <laughs> it both. It, it, it's yeah.
1: Both. <laughs> it, and it is expensive. I, I would never, I would never lie to anybody and say that anybody can, anybody can learn to fly an airplane. It does take money to learn, and if you love it, you're going to want to fly all the time. And the only way you can fly all the time is have access to an airplane. If you can rent, that's fine. If you can own, that's even better. But it is not inexpensive, and the the myth that only rich people can fly airplanes uh, is totally bunk. I mean, it's totally not true. I look at I tell people I'm not rich. I never have been rich. But all the money I make goes to my quote unquote hobby, and it's become a full time job for me, because all the money I have goes into my flying. So, whatever it takes to fly, again it's it's that hard work again. If I need if I need another thousand dollars to fix something on the airplane, I gotta work to get it. It doesn't occur to me not to just work to get it, to fix that airplane. So it takes a lot of hard work and you gotta you gotta spend all the money you have to make your passion happen. It is not cheap. And a lot of a lot of young people Aren't don't gravitate to this business, number one, because they don't have a lot of money to spend on airplanes. You you have to you start at the beginning and you work and you work and you make a little more money. As you get older, hopefully you make a little more money. Then you can have the money to spend on your hobby and make it either a, a full-time business or just have it continue to be a hobby. But it does take money. Oh yeah, absolutely. We it takes, it takes money.
2: And yeah, and, and
1: anything. Well, anything you would do if you wanted to
2: ride a motorcycle, it takes money. You got not
1: get gas in a motorcycle, just like you gotta put gas in an airplane. And it's not free.
2: Like I said, I've experienced it firsthand myself and I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's yeah, it can be stressful, but um yeah, it's definitely again goes back to hard work, dedication yeah. and focus. Okay, fun questions. Like this mm-hmm. was a very fun interview anyways, but I want to ask, um, what are your favorite air show food or what are your favorite foods while you're on the road? Because <laughs> <laughs> I know it's oh hard so
1: healthy. <laughs> you remember I talked about that be fit, be strong stuff. Well, that, yes. doesn't, that doesn't include junk food and, and, and carnival food, which is kind of what we get at air <laughs> I will I will be honest and say I'm not the perfect eater ever. But when I'm at home, I have no excuse. I have to eat well and train hard. But when I go to an air show, it's just impossible to find really good food. I don't have
2: the time or the energy
1: to go find a good salad or, you know, something that's really good. So we end up eating donuts. So we eat hot dogs. We eat hamburgers and potato chips like it was going out of style because we sweat so much and we need the salt. And I could eat my weight in potato chips, and it's (laughs) a terrible downfall. Corn dogs, I would walk two miles to eat a corn dog. But do I, I don't do that when I'm at home. And if I, I come home and I have to confess to my husband all the bad stuff I ate, and that kind of washes me clean. It's like it, if I don't tell him, the guilt will kill me. I would say, you can't believe I ate. I actually went to McDonald's yesterday because I was so hungry, and there was just no other place to get food. Now, <laughs> yes, I could go to some grocery store and buy a nice baked chicken, but who does that? I don't have any silverware. It's like, I'm so hungry right now I could eat my leg. So. <laughs> I eat bad stuff, but I love it. Donuts at the briefing, um, <laughs> corn dogs oh, yeah. when I'm done flying, hot dogs, hamburger, oh, potato chips. After I've been flying, I've, it, it's usually hot at an air show because we fly during the summertime and we lo- I lose so much salt that I could sit and eat four bags of potato chips one afternoon somebody look at me and go, are you Okay go, well, I will be once I get this last bag of potato chips in me. <laughs>
2: oh, so, yeah, I, I'm guilty.
1: Guilty it's, inside. It's, it's <laughs> terrible. and But I kind of, sometimes I look at it, well, that's my reward for flying so well today. I'm going to go eat four bags of barbecued potato chips because okay. it's going to taste so good. That's my comfort food, that and a corn dog. Oh, I'm in heaven. <laughs> <It's>
2: well-deserved. <laughs> you put in the hard work. Oh, so enjoy it. Yes. I don't blame you. <laughs> Uh, favorite music?
1: Favorite music. Well, I'm old. So I grew up with 60s, 70s, and 80s. So my favorite music is old, but it's um, high-energy stuff. Um, oh, I don't know. I, I, I love country western when I'm in the mood for it. I love ZZ Top or Aerosmith or um, sometimes I want to sit and listen to 60s music. I had a an older brother and sister who – were in high school in the 60s so i was a young girl listening to that music a lot when i was growing up so that's kind of a a comfort music to me every now and then but i love rock and roll and then but then there are days when i want to hear the twang of george strait and alan jackson sometimes i love to just listen to country music i love the stories of country music it's very very entertaining <laughs> <laughs>
2: I love country myself, and people look at me like you're yeah. – um, if, you, if I know you, you travel a lot, um, just mm-hmm. in your, your airplane. If you could only take three items with you, and I don't mm-hmm. know how much you can pack into your extra when you go on the road for <laughs> weeks at a time, uh, what would those items be?
1: Okay, first of all, I have to have a pair of flip-flops.
2: That one that
1: absolutely is, is the first must. I could do without a lot of things, but with, without my flip-flops. So if I could take three things, it would be a pair of leggings, a big, a big loose t-shirt and my flip-flops, and I'm good. Well, now I'm sorry, I have to have a flight suit. So I, you know, without, <laughs> I need certain things for the airplane and the air show. But the three additional things would be okay. a pair of leggings, a big, a big t-shirt, and my flip-flops.
2: Oh, that's my kind of girl. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> I live on flip-flops, leggings, <laughs> and a t-shirt. Yeah.
1: Yep. That's 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 my, that's my, my wardrobe for the day, every day. <laughs> hey, I don't blame you.
2: For those that want to learn more about you um, and I guess find your next shows, I'm not sure what your air show schedule looks like. I know it's been a challenging year. Where can they find you or worth it? What shows do you have lined up? I have a
1: website. It's Jackie B Air Shows. And regardless of how you spell the word Jackie, I, I spell it a little differently. But Jackie B Air is my website. And it has my current schedule. And. Uh, videos and bio and photos and some stories etc and that would be the best place to go my email and my phone number are on there if somebody wants to email me they're perfectly welcome to my phone number's on there if they want to call me and ask me a question absolutely welcome to do that as well are there any sponsors that have helped you along the way that you'd like to pitch i have had a lot of support from sponsors giving me products i've never reached the level of having a cash sponsor somebody actually paying me cash to put their name on the airplane but i have had a a tremendous amount of of help from champion aerospace and from goodyear tires and aeroshell has helped me out a lot i've had lots of help from hooker harness a lot of the items that go in the airplane that we require on a regular basis it all costs money and if these companies weren't willing to give us their product, give me their product to help me save a few dollars, I wouldn't have been as successful as I am. So those, those there have been a few companies. MT Propeller has been tremendously helpful to me over the years with broken propellers and replacement propellers. They've been a tremendous, tremendous help to me. So the products that I've been able to, to receive from these companies, it, it did make a big difference course you know having the cash sponsor would have been even better but that's that's kind of the holy grail of this business so i didn't i just never reached that level unfortunately but i'm still here
2: i want to thank you for taking the time to just allow our viewers to listen and get to know a little bit about, about who you are aerobatic so thank you i appreciate this this is definitely a fun interview
1: well thank you very much for wanting me and it's been a pleasure i i love talking about what i love and that's the easiest thing in the world for me to do and thank you very much for including me in your viewership
2: thank you and you are a true wonder woman of aviation <laughs> so for the
0: <laughs> thanks for listening if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast please share it with others or post about it on social media to catch all the latest from me you can follow me on instagram at natalie7170